Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This is People Every Day. Coming up, how Drake, Pink, and The Weeknd stole the show at the Billboard Awards. Plus, a big misunderstanding at the Eurovision Awards show. And Superman and Lois star Jordan Elsass talks newfound fame as a teen in Hollywood. It's May 24th. Hello, this is People Every Day. It's Janine Rubenstein back in the host seat this Monday. I had a pretty great weekend, you guys. My niece, Natalie, graduated college and I got to watch online. I was so proud. But we also got out of the house this weekend. My son's class got together and released the butterflies they'd been nursing from Caterpillar stage. It was so cute. And we hit up a friend's block party. We even went back to church for the first time in forever. So just good times. I'm so excited to be getting back to normal as safely as possible. But enough about normal. Let's talk supernatural. Later in the show, I catch up with 19-year-old actor Jordan Elsass, who plays the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane in ABC's Superman and Lois. Jordan's been making a huge name for himself thanks to this and his other roles on hit shows like, well, who can forget Little Fires Everywhere? So he's on today to discuss it all. Stay tuned for that. But now let's jump into top stories. And I'm excited to have my friend from People the TV Show, Jeremy Parsons on today to first take us through some of the big award shows over the weekend. I know we told you that award season had ended a few weeks back, but it does keep going, especially in the world of music. So let's get into the Billboard Awards that took place at Microsoft Theater in L.A. on Sunday. And it was a show, right, Jeremy? How are you doing? I, I loved it. I mean, it's a big show. You're right. And it's to me, I know it's been the recurring theme, like how these award shows have changed so much for COVID, but mm-hmm. this felt good. The energy was there. People were there. Um, I, I don't know, just right from the, from the beginning, it just felt like, okay, we're back. It's, and it's like good weather. I don't know. It brought the summertime feel for me. Yes. Summertime. Okay. So yeah, 500, about 500 people live there watching. Yeah. DJ Khaled, her Migos, they kicked it off. The 500 people still with masks and things are still precautions, but mm-hmm. again, not so long ago, you would have not had anything close to that. For sure. Okay, let's talk about the Billboard Awards um, and just how unique this is compared to other music awards shows. Being music editor for years or having been, it was just one of those shows that it's huge, but it's in its own lane, right? And has its own kind of weight with artists. So let's talk about that. It's kind of interesting because you think about like, okay, the Grammys are sort of the gold standard for music. And then somewhere between Grammys and like, MTV VMAs or something. You've got yeah. the Billboard Music Awards, right? <laughs> yes. and, 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 so, and, and, and I think the American Music Awards somewhere in there too. I don't know. But billboards are interesting because they bring the gravitas of that established like legacy brand, right? Billboards yeah. are, are always, you know, they're telling us who's, whose music is performing the best and all of that. So there, there's a, a level to it there. But it's also just all, always a fun show. There's something yeah. about yeah, it yeah. That, that feels like they're able to be a little more loose and free. 
um, and, and I'm just fun. I, I'm not as articulate as I should be this morning. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. That I mean, that's really what it is. And then, and then you don't feel like uh, there's this kind of like somewhat arbitrary, you know, idea going into like who's winning. Like this is the numbers. Like this is yes. like who are people listening to? Who are people streaming? Who this has is had how the performed. most downloads? Right. Literally, yeah. this is how it performed on the different platforms and across markets and everything else. And that, that does give it like its own specific weight. And in the spirit of it being fun, I mean, I can't get over Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly licking yes. each other's tongues on the red carpet. So, I mean, that, that just you knew it was going to be fun from that moment on. Yeah. So let's talk about these big moments. Okay. So Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, she wore this just, I mean, revealing sexy black number, but I was more uh, (laughs) interested in Machine Gun Kelly's tongue. His tongue. tongue. (laughs) Fully black. Is it a permanent tattoo? Am I just late to the game and knowing that he had that this whole time and I just didn't know? But uh, that was a reveal. (laughs) That was a reveal, right? And then we also had uh, just a sweet moment with Drake. Oh, my goodness. So let's talk through, like, how he just stole the show. To my beautiful family. And, hey, wait, wait, wait. And to you. I want to dedicate this whole one to you. Yeah, Drake and his son Adonis came out. I mean, three and a half years old. When you walk out on stage with a three and a half year old kid, that's it. That's It's their show. <laughs> so you just better take a back seat. And, and Drake knew how to handle that. I, I think, for me, I'm a big fan of Drake, have been oh, yeah. for a long, long time. And he's, he's simultaneously been celebrated and criticized for it, for being, for his softer side. And he's, and he, and he leans into it. He, and this was the <laughs> ultimate lean in, right? Like yeah. <laughs> Drake, the dad of this little, this little, I mean, he boy. has a heart shaped cutout in his hair. Like, right. he's, <laughs> Which I that, love. Yeah. and he won, he won for artist of the decade and he dedicated that award to his son. So it was just a really sweet moment. What was another big one for you? I, I, I could never get over pink flying through the air, but then talking about Hello. kids, she did yeah. that with her daughter. Yeah, it's like it, it was a night of like artists as parents. Yeah. <laughs> it's also funny because I, I think of like historically like the MTV, any of their awards always skew super young, right? Like half the artists on that on that show a lot of times is like, who is that? I don't even know who they are yet. <laughs> this show leaned heavy into, hey, we're all growing up and we got kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but the and Willow thing was great because there's so much artistry there. And then Willow, who's nine years old, is able to actually perform. It's, oh it's more goodness, than just being yes. a cute kid. It's like, oh, this is a kid who's now obviously mom has worked and they've got skills and the skills are being passed on. Um, but Extreme yeah, like this, skills. Okay. Yeah, right, sort of <laughs> and they performed their song Cover Me in Sunshine, their duet together. Cover me in Sweet. Yeah. And I think acrobatics, she's obviously made a, a sort of a, that's become her calling card. She does those types of elaborate performances. And to bring Willow into that um, is just, it's like, okay, are they taking over for Cirque du Soleil when this, when her tour is done? Is she just going to open, you know, like <laughs> turn out to have like a whole other career post music where she's just like full acrobatics with her whole family? I don't know. I'd, look, I'd, I'd pay for a ticket. I'd do. go. Me too. And, and we can't miss the guy who really stole the show this weekend. The weekend, okay? Abel Tesfe showed up and showed out at the Billboard Awards. He won 10 awards. And this is kind of like a 180 from what happened at previous award shows where he was just completely yeah. snubbed. It made up it made up for, yeah, that there was so much drama surrounding like just a full-on Grammy shutout. 
And mm -hmm. everyone, I think, at least apparently everyone except the people that vote on the Grammys thought he was completely robbed. And my favorite thing is that he talked about like, you know, he doesn't have to wear that red suit anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was wearing that to promote and he had kind of kept yes. it on for a year. And uh, he's like, man, that's gone forever. And that's that's kind of nice. But no, it, it was nice to see him um, acknowledged and to have that level of of acknowledgement where he just swept the night was really cool. My son and blinding lights like that is his song. OK, like he just go, he hears it and he goes crazy. So I'm excited that that song at least got some love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. That's and it's like the whole the whole that's the whole thing that was so crazy about the Grammy oversight is that every single track on that album. Oh, my goodness. You can sing along to it. And and not to mention how it performed. Again, we talked about how billboards judges performance this just shows you how well he performed in terms of streams and radio play and all all the sales all of it uh, across the board so yeah the nfl and and billboard awards got it right weekend right. all day <laughs> hey super bowl not too shabby <laughs> so let's talk about uh, another award show, a uh, different one that took place over the weekend that was packed with green room drama. The Eurovision Awards were on Saturday and an Italian metal band, Moineskin, uh, won the 2021 Song Contest. But after their win, a viral clip of them drinking in their green room at a table showed lead singer Damiano David, I think I said that right, bend his head over the table. And there has been a lot of talk since well, then. Yeah. You wake up in the headline that, that people has, is you know, Eurovision winners taking the drug test after the lead singer denies doing cocaine during the broadcast. So Jeez. that's the kind of coverage that they're getting at this point. Um, and they've completely denied it. They, the band themselves, have offered... They've said this is a complete misunderstanding. Can't believe that um, that people are suggesting that any cocaine use was going on during the show. You have to look at the clip. Uh, it's it's on actually it's linked to on the people article on people.com. You can see the the clip that everyone's talking about. They've said that there was broken glass on the table. He was yeah. At that. Um, so it, but they are apparently going to be taking a drug test that they voluntarily were like, hey, we'll do it. Just to clear this up, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at this quote. Guitarist Thomas Raggy broke a glass. I don't use drugs. Please, guys, do not say that. Don't say that. Really, no cocaine. Please, do not say that. Yeah, oh, yeah. goodness. Yeah, it's like one very... of those things where you you've had that right, Jeremy, where it's like in a millisecond something can look like something else, but well, like if, pan if, out. <laughs> if Twitter and social media has taught us everything, it should be like pump the brakes on what we think we're looking at, like. Let's give it, you know, five seconds. Let's give it a little more like room to figure out exactly what's going on, especially if it's completely contested by the people involved. So, you know, hopefully more will come to light. But, um, you know, I, the, the other thing that's at risk here is if they would if they would test positive in any way, I believe that would probably that would um, render their win invalid. And then it would go to the next band down. Got so it, there, got there's it. kind of a lot at stake, if I understand. Yeah. It correctly. So. Um, yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, I could I could see some, uh, you know, not naming any names, old rock stars thinking like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like looking at it like, what's the big deal? You know, I, you know. what, what? What? Because the, the, the Horrible. They, yeah, of course, the world they were in, that, that was the thing. But the, again, these guys have completely denied it. They are taking mm -hmm. the drug test. So we'll get the results of that. That'll settle, that should settle it. For sure. Jeremy, thank you. So great having you on. You're welcome. It's great to, great to talk to you.
On with me now is People.com news editor Nigel Smith, who is going to just dig into and explain what is going on with the CBS TV show Bull. Uh, There is a lot of drama, shakeups, people are out. So we're going to dig into that right now. Hi, Nigel. Hello. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. So what is going on headed into the sixth season? I'm hearing that the showrunner and its star are out. Yeah, it's a complicated one. So CBS, uh, the network that has the show, uh, it aired a or sorry, it had an internal investigation going on since 2018. And the reason they launched this investigation back then is because of some claims brought forth by a former cast member on the show. Eliza Dushku, who came out against the main star of the show, um, Michael Weatherly, accusing him of just being very, very inappropriate in what he was saying to her and in kind of his, his, his conduct on set and how it made her feel. And she actually got a $9.5 million settlement out of it and then came forth with her story with an op-ed explaining her allegations. So since then, they've launched this big investigation and now we're learning of the showrunner who's been on for, um, I think, the past four seasons or so, uh, getting outed along with Freddy Rodriguez, but they're not revealing why exactly this happened. They're not commenting on the results of their findings in the investigation or the reasons behind their decision to let these two major players go. So there's still a lot of questions out there. Mm -hmm. In her op-ed, Eliza actually did refer to the showrunner, Glenn, and said that she feels that he actually wrote her out of the series altogether after she confronted her co-star on the show about his conduct and why it made her uncomfortable. So I think there's something to look into there. Got it. Got it. Okay, so we we know that there was all of this drama surrounding Michael Weatherly and Eliza Dushku. But now we're hearing that Freddie Rodriguez um, is out as well as uh, Glenn Gordon Karen, who is the showrunner. But we don't know why exactly. Right. We don't know why. And Michael is still on the show. He's the main star of the show and he's been on the show ever since Eliza came up with her allegations. And he has apologized uh, publicly, um, you know, in statements uh, to fans of the show. And CBS maintained in 2018 when she came forth with her allegations that he also apologized to her. And that is the reason that they decided to go forth with him still as the lead of the show. Have we heard anything, Nigel, about what CBS has discussed in terms of canceling the show? Because now I'm trying to figure out how how do you persist? You have the Weatherly, Weatherly situation. Then you have like the showrunner and the lead out for whatever reason they're out. How do you go on? Yeah, well, you have to remember that this came to light in 2018. So it's been three years that they've kept the show on the air since these allegations came forth. So if they didn't do it then, I don't really know if they'd actually do it now. I mean, it's going into a its sixth season. It's obviously a very successful show given uh, how long it's been on the air. Mm-hmm. And one very important thing to note is that, as I said before, CBS did not reveal any of the findings or the reason behind letting go the showrunner and Freddie. So their uh, exits from the show can have uh, to do with altogether different things from what Weatherly was accused of. Um, so that is just an important factor to note in all of this. Got it. Got it. Well, thanks, Nigel. Thank you.
Next up, Superman and Lois star Jordan L. Sass joins the show. Stay tuned. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Everyone, if you didn't know already, Superman and Lois have teenage kids. Let me start with that news. <laughs> and today I have the pleasure of interviewing one of those teens, or rather the guy who plays one of those teens, Jordan Elsass, is on with me now. He plays John Kent in ABC's Superman and Lois, and he is a guy who has just been setting off little fires everywhere in Hollywood these days. <laughs> See what I did there, Jordan? Nice, nice. Good, good punch, I'm, I'm proud, I'm proud. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Jordan, how are you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. So tell me about your character, John Kent. He seems pretty snarky from what I've seen. He is a little snarky. He's, he's got a little attitude. Uh, he's witty. You know, I think he's a, he's very, he's a pretty sharp kid. I think, uh, you know, he's definitely, he, he's, you know, he plays sports in school. He's just going into high school and he's very extroverted. Uh, but he's making this move to Smallville, you know, from Metropolis and, uh, in Metropolis, you know, he's, he's so accepted as uh, sort of the quarterback, the star quarterback, you know, being, being the, the, the kid that, that already has all the friends. He's got the cute girlfriend back home. It's like, you know, he and Jonathan sort of is just has this, this place in, in life. And, and he thinks that this is where he's going to be for a very long time. And so even in the way he, he might even expect things to continue to, to, to the snowball to continue to roll and things to pick up steam and his life to just get better and better. And then things just shift so incredibly fast when um, the Kents decide to make the move to Smallville. Lots changing. You know, he's leaving his entire life behind. I like it. I like it. And it almost harkened back a little bit to uh, your character on Little Fires Everywhere. I I felt like you got a sense of, well, we have yet to see what this character is going to do. But when you think of Little Fires Everywhere, you you were that brother. You were that sibling um, that kind of brought... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> brought the noise. Definitely. No, definitely. And and that's, that's a similarity that I, that I see it's, uh, you know, it's the older brother. He likes messing, messing with his younger siblings, but there's some differences too. I think trip is uh, a little bit dimmer. I think he's a little more mm-hmm. selfish. I think mm-hmm. there are some, there are some differences. I think Jonathan's a little sharper than trip to be honest. And I think that uh, he's going to continue to grow as a person. And I think by the time he's trips age, he's going to be an entirely different person than trip was. Are the powers hereditary? That's what I think everyone is wondering. We've seen a little bit, right? Totally. I wish I could tell you. I, I mean, I have no <laughs> idea. I, genuinely, I, I don't know if Jonathan is uh, is going to get any kind of powers or not. I mean, I haven't. They haven't released enough scripts for me for even me to know that. So I, I, I even if I was allowed to tell you, mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't. You know, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, no, I, I just uh, definitely keep, keep watching because I'm sure there are, there there are going to be some things that unfold. I think some things that are going to surprise people. Uh, but that's one thing that it, even I have no clue. Absolutely. So 
you're 19 years old, but you have been acting for a long time. I was going through IMDb and I'm just like, wow, okay, the credits. Um, tell, let's talk a little bit about when you got started, how you got started. And you do have some entertainment background in your family as well. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I started, I started acting when I was about 11 or 12 years old. I started in theater and I uh, just kind of worked my way up. I mean, I started, I remember my mom, um, I guess I wasn't, I was never really into sports growing up as a kid and uh, definitely not team sports. And so, and so growing up, I was like, you know, I didn't really know what to do. I was like, what do I, what do I do? And uh, my mom was like, you know, you should try out for the show. I'm like, nah, I want to sing and dance and I'm, I'm not interested in that. I'll, you know, I'd rather do something else. And, and I did end up doing other things like, like mixed martial arts and stuff, but that was, that was down the road. I, I was like, you know what? fine, I'll try it. But only because she offered me, you know, like 30 minutes of extra time to play Halo or Call of Duty or whatever, like every <laughs> night, if, if I just tried it, you know, she was like, you have to do this. But she was like, you know, I, if you want to try it, I'll, I'll hook you up. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went for it. I was like, you know, I, I of course being, you know, 12 years old and impulsive, I was like, whatever. So I go for it. And of course, as soon as the time comes around to actually audition, I regretted it instantly. I'm like, why am I doing this? I get to sing in front of people. Like, no, I was, you know, I uh, never done this in my life or, or anything like it. You know, I never did theater in, in school growing up and, mm -hmm. and, uh, but I, but I booked it. I mean, I booked a small, small role on it. And, uh, from there I, I went out to do theater for a few years. I got an agent in Texas and, and then, you know, uh, after that, I got an agent in the Southeast and then an agent in LA and a manager. And here I am. For sure, for sure. And and speaking of watching shows, you said um, not too long ago that The Act with uh, Patricia Arquette and Joey King was one of your favorite series. It's a good series. What, what other shows are you binging right now, just for all of us that are trapped in the house watching TV? So I just watched Breaking Bad for the first time. <laughs> I'm serious. And it was so good. And of course, I mean, of course, like I remember yes. watching it and like being so into it and like, Dude, of course it's Breaking Bad. Like, obviously, it's, it's going to be phenomenal, right? But and then I watched uh, El Camino on Netflix, the the Breaking Bad movie, actually, just this morning, and it was Chef's Kiss. Nice, right? it was great. Nice, nice. I always love that. I love when there's fresh eyes on these like epic shows that everyone was like, "Watch right now." No, nope, right. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait five, right. six, seven years. <laughs> Definitely. No, I know. I, I I didn't watch it as a kid, and it, it took me a while. I mean, not that I should have. It's a pretty dark show, but <laughs> no, you know, I, you should I, not have watched it. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like even now. It was, it was pretty dark, but uh, but I, I love shows like that. I just like shows that are really cynical and raw, and like you know, like Peaky Blinders. Uh, Peaky Blinders is another really good one that I've been watching. Ozark. Um, oh yeah, you and my husband have the exact same viewing taste. By the way, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I feel like we, we'd probably get along then. I like it. I like. It. I, I would listen to a Jordan Elsass like binge this <laughs> breakdown. So lastly, I'm asking everyone, what is your go-to for when all this is over, when the world comes back, what do you want to do first? Throw a huge party and invite as many people as I know. <laughs> I'm serious. Yes. I'm, I don't, I honestly, I'm probably going to like rent a penthouse. No, I'm just kidding. I can't afford that. But, you know, I, I want to rent like a giant Airbnb or something and then throw like a massive rager, huge party. Yeah. Back home. Oh my God. In Texas. Invite me, invite me. Where my actual friends are. Here it'd be like three people would come into this big party. I'd have like a mansion that I rented. Spend so much money on it. Like four people show up, but... No, but back home, I mean, I, I can't wait just to just to have everyone together again, you know? Yeah. It's going to be a good time. 
That was Jordan Alsace. For more on him and his show, Superman and Lois, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. We were just talking superheroes, and, well, 24-year-old Simone Biles is definitely one of them, okay? The gold medal-winning gymnast has made history again as she became the first woman to land a Yurchenko double pike. It is as hard as it sounds. The glass-shattering moment happened on Saturday at the U.S. Classic in Indianapolis. The move is extraordinarily difficult to achieve, includes three flips from board to mat, and has only been done by men in competition until now. Listen to how commentators and the crowd reacted to her performance. Wow. Unbelievable. She holds four Olympic gold medals, and by the looks of it, a fifth appears to be in sight as we head into those games. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Tomorrow. 